if you know the answer, just blurt it out. Some of these you're going to know. Some of them you're going to like, oh, maybe I know the answer, particularly when we get down to some of the later uh, later questions. But but I'm going to uh, I'm going to throw out to start with some some movie quotes. And if you know the movie that this comes from, and I've got one that's got a, a little extra uh, extra credit with. It. If you know the movie that this comes from, just just holler it out. We'll see how good. How, how good you are. So, so here's the, the, the first. I'm going to start off with some easy ones because some of these are just super, super, super easy. So uh, here's the first one. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Wonderful life. Some of you are really, really good on that one. Okay, here, here's this one's too simple, although sometimes we're not really sure the name of the movie, but we know what it is. Bah Humbug. A Christmas Carol, I heard all kinds of answers there, but uh, Christmas Carol would be the correct answer uh, for that. Here's another easy one. Now, some of these, uh, a couple of these, I'm going to have quotes from uh, the same movie like two or three times, uh, partially because these are my favorite movies, uh, and they have some great lines. Uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Elf. Oh, the kids knew that one. All right. That's good. Um, uh don't know if you'll get this one gets a little tougher. Some of you might know it, some of you might not. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know you guys would be that good. So, okay. Um, uh, eh, some of you will know, the older people will know this one definitely. You'll shoot your eye out. Christmas story. Well, you guys are really good. Uh, I don't know if you, you guys are going to get this because you're too good. Uh, but this is a little bit more obscure. You sit on a throne of lies. Elf. Well, I didn't know you guys. Would know. I I didn't know that till I saw that here this last week or so. Um, okay, I'll, I'll get to one that 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 is my my uh, one of my favorite ones. You couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Okay, who said it though? No, it doesn't. The old uncle doesn't count. Uh, Lewis, thank you. Yeah, I knew I knew some of you would 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 know it. Okay, a little bit more serious, a little bit nicer here. Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. It's a wonderful life. That's an iconic line from a wonderful life. I don't know if if you'll get this one. This is the this is the one Chris line from a Christmas movie that I quote the most from my favorite movie. But I I quote this. All year long for all sorts of different reasons. I did it like a week ago. I did. I don't even know if Rita heard me quote it. Fix the mill post. White Christmas? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch White Christmas because I didn't. Christmas Vacation. That's my favorite line from Christmas Vacation. Uh, what, did he, what did he fix the mill post with? Uh, perfect. Yeah, you guys got it. Um, I'm a 10-year-old. TV is my life. Home Alone 2. Thank you. Bobby got that one. Uh, there is a, a simple one. God bless us, everyone. Okay. Now, I don't know if you'll get this one. I, I didn't know this line until recently. I'm sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 cookies in the VCR. <laughs> okay. Just, just a couple more. Two scoops, sir. Two make, two, make it three. I'm not driving. Home Alone 2. Oh, and 
Well, let me finish with this. It's strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? Elf. <laughs> that could have been elf. A wonderful life, yes. A wonderful life. Um, and no, one, one last one, because this is my favorite. That there's an RV. Christmas vacation, exactly. Now, now let me read. Let me read a couple verses. Now, these are going to be tougher. Um, and and if if you can get the book, I'll take that. If if you know them, I'll take that as credit. But but these are going to be a little bit tougher. If you get the the chapter or verse, then I'm going to be super super impressed. But you, Bethlehem of Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from, the, from old, from ancient times. That's a good guess. Wrong, but a good guess. Keep that in mind. Matthew, nope. Just keep going. It's Old Testament. I'll give you that. Old Testament. Micah, someone. Is that you, Char? Okay. <laughs> Micah 5. Five two. If you didn't know that, therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah. Isaiah is correct. Chapter perchance, anyone? Chapter seven. Chapter seven, verse fourteen. I'm really impressed if you get this. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The prophecy that. Uh, that was fulfilled when Jesus, uh, uh, his parents took him to Egypt, and then he came back out of Egypt. Anyone know where that one's at? No one's guessed this book yet. <laughs> That's as good as any. Genesis is not right. Hosea 11.1. 1. Okay, now, now we'll get this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Matthew finally got one, Johnny. Thank you. Just say Matthew long enough, and you're going to be right. That's actually Matthew, Matthew one verse eighteen. So Joseph went. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. Luke, there you go. Luke is correct. Luke chapter two, verse. And I'll stop there. I can read a couple more, but you're kind of getting the point. Just as we know, as we know lines from Christian's, uh, Christmas movies, uh, and, and and we know scriptures that deal with the birth of Christ, even if we're not exactly sure where they come from, and that's that's fine. We we know where where we uh, where we can find them and how we can find them. Just as we know those, they they put back in our minds memories, whether it's. Whether it's a, a, a line that pops in your head in the middle of July or, or whether you're watching a movie and it comes to that favorite line or whether it's the Christmas, um, the, the Christmas season and you, you hear one of those iconic verses or, or, or text read, it reminds you of, uh, of the, the season. Uh, whether it's an Old Testament scripture, a New Testament scripture or, or a quote from the movie, it takes us back to what Christmas is about to us. In, in Old Testament times, there would have been a number of the verses that we read earlier that, that might have been familiar to them, but probably none would have been more familiar to them 
None would have been quoted more often or scrolls opened up to read than, than the verses that are found for us in Isaiah chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're just going to look at two verses there. And, and then we're going to just do four simple things. We're going to look at four simple thoughts of Christmas today that I think we see there in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 6 and 7. If you want to read uh, later on, start in verse 1 and kind of read that whole section uh, you'll, you'll find some iconic verses. In fact, I have a hard time reading this verse without singing it, uh, because if you're familiar with uh, with Handel's Messiah, one of the songs has this these words in it. So, but I won't sing it for you today. Verse six and seven: For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase. Of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and his kingdom, establishing it, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And I read an extra verse there. You see, to a to a Jew before Jesus was born, and quite honestly, for for several of them after he was born, these verses spoke of a time. These verses spoke of a time that they were longing for, that they were looking for, that they were hoping for. So literally all over Israel, even even all over the world, wherever Jews gathered, whether they were in a synagogue or or maybe a couple families had come together for worship or or maybe a family had sat down with and a grandfather or a father read or quoted these verses with his immediate family, every time they were read or spoken, they, they spoke of a time that this prophecy would be fulfilled, and they dreamed. They dreamed to see that time when God would send a son, and maybe, they hoped maybe, just maybe, they would get to see that. Uh, and, and even with that thought, they dreamed different dreams of what that would mean. It's not hard, or it's no surprise to, to fathom why the Jews of Jesus' day didn't realize Jesus was the the Messiah. It, it, it's not hard to to realize that they didn't dream of a Messiah that looked like Jesus, because because they had read in Isaiah chapter nine, and in Isaiah chapter nine it said the government will be on his shoulders, and Isaiah chapter nine said of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. So so it's no wonder when Jesus came. Uh, uh, that uh, in a way that they weren't expecting, that they didn't recognize it. See, they they assumed Jesus would come and he would wipe out Rome and and he would establish himself on the holy hill and reestablish reestablish Israel to its exalted place. So, so when these verses were read, it took them to a place of hope, but it was a different kind of hope. Uh, see, Jesus didn't come the way they thought he would come. He didn't show up like they thought he would show up. He showed up in a stable. His birth wasn't attended by the ones that they thought would be there. Surely it would be the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the high priests, but instead the ones who got to greet him first were the shepherds. And he didn't come surrounded by ones that you would have thought he would have been surrounded by, the ones that were with him as he taught. Instead, it was... It was fishermen and tax collectors and uneducated men. And he didn't teach like they thought he would teach. Instead, he told stories 
And, and sometimes those stories were hard to understand, or, or if they were easy to understand, they were hard to digest, and they were hard to put into your life. And, and he said weird things like, we're called to love our enemy and forgive those who persecute us. So he didn't come teaching what they thought, and he didn't seem interested in establishing an earthly throne like they thought Isaiah was talking about. Instead, he talked more about and was more interested in establishing a throne on individuals' hearts. But just like us, or just like them, Jesus' coming means different things to us as well. The Christmas story might mean something different to each one of us. What, what, what does it mean that God sent his son? What does it mean that he came to earth? What does it mean that he went to the cross to die for us? What, is, what does it mean to you that he paid the cost on the cross, the paid the cost of your salvation? What does it mean? Let's be honest. Maybe, maybe Christmas really is just about warm fuzzies. Maybe Christmas is about nostalgia and Christmas is about family gathering with friends or with family and friends. Maybe it's about gift giving and receiving. But, but let me, let me this morning leave just four words with you. Four words that Isaiah tells us Jesus is the Messiah is. Here's the first one. Jesus is promised. It doesn't say that in that verse, but but that's how they read this. Whenever they turned to the book of Isaiah and started reading, they would come to these verses. They immediately knew that it was talking about a promise. Someone was coming. Uh, the promise coming of the Messiah kept the nation of Israel going. And and they knew that because God always kept his promises. He He promised to Abraham that that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him, which in itself was a prophecy of Jesus. But he made that promise when Isaiah or when Abraham was old and he had no kids. He made a promise to, to Moses that he would lead him to a land that was promised, but Moses didn't even know where he was going or how in the world he was ever going to get that. He told David that through his lineage uh, that, that there would be a blessing to all people, but but David was struggling to even stay on his throne at times. And he told Israel that they would have a Messiah when all they could see that someone else was sitting on the throne ruling in their capital city. But a promise tells us that you are remembered, that we are remembered, that we are valued. A promise tells you that we're not forgotten. And Isaiah is a promise. Let me remind you that at Christmas, one of the things we need to remember is the promise that God was going to send his son. Reed and I, and, and you probably, all of you that, that buy gifts this time of year, and, and certainly we, we, we can't, or we find it hard to separate Christmas from gift giving and gift buying and that type of thing, but, but, but we, we learn a lesson about promises at Christmas because we we make promises, whether they're, they're spoken or not, whether they're, they're given to someone or whether the promise is just in our heart that, hey, we're going to get a certain thing. And we do that every year. There's certain gifts that you want to get for their kid, their kids or grandkids. Reed and I have run into that this year. We, we have a grandson, uh, Caden, that we're trying to find a gift for. So I'm going to, I'm going to enlist everyone's help. So if you're in a store in the next two days and you come across 
a uh, either a tractor or a combine. Okay, we got the tractor now. I wasn't up to date. Uh, from cars. So like the movie cars, if you find one of the combines, would you buy it and get it to us? Because we can't find those. We can't find them. I, 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 I went to like three different Walmarts this week. I happened to be around different Walmarts, and I, I would go back to the Christmas or the, the kids' sex and the toys, and, and, and I wanted to just rip them all off the wall and look through them, but I didn't do that. I'd knock a couple off. I'd put them back, but I couldn't find it. I was in a Walmart in Kansas City this week, and I walked in. And I don't know when I got back to the toy section if I wanted to find it. Actually, I was torn. I wanted to find it because Rita would have been so proud. And I kind of didn't want to find it because I saw the lines at the checkout counter. And I was like, if I don't find it, I don't have to check out and I can, I can be out of here. I didn't find it, so I got to leave quickly. Uh, tractor supply. If anyone wants to leave now, you're, you're, you're dismissed. You can. <laughs> I should have prayed, then you could have slipped out. No one would have noticed. I know where we're going right after church. <laughs> Jesus was, was promised to us. See, a promise is, it reminds you that you're valued, that you're thought about, that you're cared for. Israel, Israel hung on to the promise. And, and Jesus coming for us, our celebration of Christmas is just a simple reminder of a promise. Let's see this. Jesus is humble. Now, and again, you're not going to find these words in this section. We, we have to kind of dive in to get them. But, but catch this, verse 6. For to us a child is born. I wonder if you, if you talk to most Jews before Jesus was born and you ask them about Isaiah chapter 9, I, I wonder if any of them would remember that phrase for, uh, for, for to us a child is born. Because I think they skipped right over that and got to the second part of that verse, and the government will be on his shoulders. And, and I bet they got to the wonderful counselor, mighty God. I bet they got to the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. I bet they got to, to he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom and establish. I, I bet they forgot all about that very first phrase that said, for to us a child is born. They they missed how Jesus would come. I don't, I, I don't know what they thought. Did they, did they think Jesus would just show up? Even, even though there had been prophecies about coming of a virgin and being born in Beth, you know, there, I still think they probably thought Jesus was just going to show up one day. He was just going to, the Messiah was just going to be there. Maybe he was just going to appear outside the walls of Jerusalem on a white stallion followed by armies of angels, and he was going to come in and wipe out. I don't know what they thought, but but they missed how he came, and, and in doing so, they missed how he would reign. See, Jesus' ministry was, was not about ascending to a throne. Now, that, that's going to happen eventually. Jesus will rule in heaven, it, it, that will happen, but that's not what we're talking about here. Jesus' ministry was not about going to a throne. Instead, he came to humbly enter this world, to humbly live, and to humbly enter one heart at a time. He wasn't coming with armies and might and power. He was going to come with humility. The religious elite of Jesus' day couldn't figure out 
Jesus. They, they struggled to understand Jesus. They, they, they just couldn't figure out what to do with his humility. They just couldn't figure out that he saw value in, in the ones that they had no value in. They, they just couldn't figure out how, how to handle this guy that was meek and was humble. And I think sometimes we ourselves struggle to understand Jesus' humility. We miss his message and we miss his teaching and we miss his ministry for us because we're not sure how to handle his humility. For to us, a child is born. And Jesus is hope. It was this hope of the Messiah, this this promise was what gave them hope that that God hadn't forgotten them, that God promised to come and intervene in their lives, and that kept them going. See, we have hope in Jesus. God sees our pain as well as our pleasure. He see He sees our hurts as well as our hurrahs. He's, he sees us in our losses and our loves. He sees our disappointment and our delights, and He sees our sin as well as our salvation. And the Christmas message is about hope. We we can never get so far from him that he that he can't find us. We can never get so lost that he doesn't know where we are. We can never be so hurt that he can't heal us. We can never be so confused that he can't offer his comfort. We can never be so lonely that he doesn't love us. And we can never be so bad or so messed up or so hard-hearted that we can't be forgiven. See, the, the message of Christmas we sometimes miss, but don't miss, it's about, it's about hope. It's about a Savior coming to a world that needs Him. And finally, and I'll close with this, so band, you can come on up. Finally, I'll close with this. Jesus is, Jesus is Jesus. Maybe, maybe we just need to simply remember that, that Jesus is Jesus. He's a promise. He's humility. He's hope. But Jesus is Jesus. A few years ago, at Christmas, we asked our our kids what their favorite Christmas was. Remember back, what was your favorite Christmas? I bet you guys have done that before. Maybe you asked your kids, hey, you're, of all the gifts you've ever received, what was your favorite gift? Our Our boys all had the same answer. It was a year that we bought them tickets to go to Chicago and go to a Chicago Bulls game. Uh, but but I, I, I started to think when we asked them that, and, and I don't think they ever asked me back, Dad, what was your favorite? But, but, it, but it made me think, what was my favorite? What was my favorite gift? What was my favorite Christmas? And, and actually, I think of two. I, I, I remember a Christmas, I, I don't know, it was about fourth or fifth grade, and we'd opened all of our gifts, and, and my dad ex- stepped out of the room, and he came around the corner into the living room where we were, and he had in his hand two rod and reels. My brother was two and a half years older than me, and he'd had a a rod and reel. I remember what they were, Zebco 33s. He had a rod and reel in each hand for Rick and I. Sorry, girls, you don't get anything. He said, no, I didn't say that, but that's, had these rod and reels. Now, I find that kind of funny for a couple reasons. Well, number one, we, we were excited because 
uh, we, we loved to fish when I was a kid, but we only we had cane poles. Man, we were we were old. You kids don't even know what that is. Ask your grandpas your uh, or your dads about that. But all we ever fished with cane poles. So man, man, I've got a rod and reel. Man, I am and and man, I'm up there. But I find that odd that I remember that because I don't fish anymore. I, I've only fished one time in the last twenty years, and that was the time I was back in Illinois and I went to my grandpa's pond and I. I, I fished through my line in a few times, and it really was more about nostalgia, more about remembering my grandpa and his pond and the, the hours I'd spent out on the farm than it was about fishing. In fact, if I caught a fish, that meant I had to take it off my hook and my hands got dirty. And <laughs> no, no one was there to take it off the hook for me. So, so I find it a little bit odd that I, that I remember that because I don't even fish anymore. But you know, the one gift I remember most, and, and at the time, it, it didn't move me. For, for, I don't know, five, six, seven years in a row, again, my brother and I would receive a ticket at Christmas. It was a, it was actually a, a, a voucher. It had a, it, it, it was for a holiday basketball tournament at, at Centralia High School, which wasn't too far from us. It's, my dad worked in that city. They they hosted every year the week after Christmas uh, a big holiday basketball tourney, uh, tournament. Thirty two teams from all over the state of Illinois. Occasionally even a, a team from a, from somewhere else. There, there would be teams from Chicago. There'd be teams from Champaign. There'd be teams from from Belleville and uh, 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 East St. Louis. All over the state of Illinois would come. There, there were there were huge high schools and there were there were D one athletes. I, I saw several guys that went on to college. A, a couple guys I watched play high school ball that went on and played pro basketball. Quinn Buckner's the, the one I really remember the most of that. But, but every year we'd received this booklet and it was tickets for three days of basketball. And so, so my brother and I and, and a couple of our friends and, and a couple other guys would, would go and for three days we'd watch basketball. Now, now I loved it because we, for three days I hung out with my friends for three days. I got to, uh, uh, I was given money and I got to eat candy and stuff. No one was there to tell me, Tim, you can't eat uh, another pack of M&Ms. And, and I mean, we just had a, had a great time. I loved it, but that wasn't my favorite gift back then. That rod and reel was. Got a little bit older. A certain gift I got was the one that was excited me the most. But when I look back now, I remember that one probably more than any other gift because of why my dad gave me that gift. My dad loved basketball. Every night when he got off work, he got off work at 3.30, he would leave the railroad car shop where he worked and go over to the high school. And I, I remember at 4.30 looking out to see, and soon enough I'd see him walking in the gym, and he would watch the games that evening with us. See, see in giving us that gift, what my dad was really doing was giving the gift of himself. He loved basketball. He wanted us to love that, which we did. But he was giving himself to me. He was giving himself. And isn't that what? Isn't that what Christmas is? It was a promise. It came humbly. It gives us hope. That gift that God gave us was Himself. It was Jesus. Would you stand? Let's pray, and then we'll sing. Father,
we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus and all the hustle, the bustle, the the excitement, the the activity, the responsibilities of this season. Father, help us. Father, just help us take some time and remember that you gave yourself. You gave yourself when you gave us Jesus. We pray this in his name.